1: Is the Bill Squire Show?
2: Hey, everybody! Welcome to the Bill Squire Show. I am your host, Bill Squire, and I'm here with Miles. You might know Miles as Taint Smasher. Uh, you might know him on social media as Fake Real Miles. Uh, I don't know how to pronounce his last name after all these years, but I'm going to take a shot. a shot at it. Uh, Livco, Livco. Yeah, you got it yeah okay it's uh, I actually it's,
1: have uh multiple aliases on my credit report just from my name being spelled wrong so many times uh throughout my life
2: that's funny that's uh <laughs> that's one of those things where like people I don't know that that struggle seems ridiculous and so like I I get upset when they're doing the whole like oh people need to learn how to pronounce other names like some names are just hard to pronounce some words they I especially I have a. Uh, Uh, what's it called where you move the letters around? Dyslexia.
1: Uh, Oh, I was gonna say like anagram. (laughs) Yeah, well, I I have dyslexia. Your brain just works in anagrams.
2: Yeah, it works like opposite of anagrams. Like, oh, here's a regular word, and then we're gonna mix it up and screw it up for you. But uh, so like pronouncing words like that are just always a pain in my ass. So, like, I'll practice them. Like, once I knew like Giannis Atatacumpo was gonna be a big star. I practice saying his name like I went and listened to how he he liked it to be pronounced properly and then I pra- pr- practice it a bunch of times so that I could actually say it but some people you know they'll be like I can't believe people get my name wrong it's not that hard I'm like no it's, sometimes it's hard it's hard it's not yeah, because was, you're white or black or whatever it is it's just some some names are fucking weird
1: I was uh I had a recording session with one of the girls from Fifth Harmony uh Lauren and I like went to YouTube and looked up all these interviews with her. And so like when I don't know how to pronounce somebody's name, I pull up YouTube interviews and just listen to how they say it because like, you know, you figure however they say their name is the correct way to say it. Right. And uh, so I practiced this and then I said it when I met her and she was very impressed. And uh, and then she went into her liners and was saying her own name and apparently had been uh, coached to say her own name as her and so like, it, it was almost like a rebranding to make it easier for people to say, which makes sense, you know, like, it's a hard, like, if you look at the name, Howdergi, uh, it's like J I'm, I'm going to spell it wrong, but it's like J a U R E G I, I guess it's not that complicated, but um, like, I don't know, it's kind of a fucked up name. So yeah. I understand the need to uh, want to make it easier for people to pronounce. But uh, so I, because I was trying to get it right, I somehow still managed to fuck up. You know?
2: Right, because she's like, "Yeah, you got it right, but we changed it, so uh, you're still wrong." We moved. It. Yeah, uh, we I'm allowed to cuss, the... right? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, say whatever you want uh, within the guidelines of not uh, causing an insurrection. Okay, no problem. <laughs> uh, so Miles makes a ton of music. He he does all sorts of. You probably, if you listen to iHeartRadio, Radio, you've heard uh, Miles' his voice. Uh, but I was listening to some music the other day that wasn't you. But I was like, "Ooh, this guy actually sounds like Miles when he sings. And I'm wondering if you can guess who I'm going to say if you've heard this before.
1: Um, Is it uh, like so? I mean, my songs are okay. mostly comedy. Is this a comedy singer?
2: It's not a comedy singer. I just think you guys have similar qualities in your singing voices. I don't know. No, nobody it's, is. It's,
1: nobody has said any. Uh, the only person anybody has said to me is Bill. Uh, uh not Bill. Uh, fucking, uh, uh, David Bowie.
2: David Bowie. Okay. Um, my the one that I noticed was, uh, the lead singer of Real Big Fish, has some very miles. I, I want to say you guys had the same voice, but you guys hit similar notes in the same way.
1: I don't know that I've ever heard a Real Big Fish song.
2: Okay. Well, you know, like sell out and beer and stuff like that so give them a listen and maybe just I, again i don't think you have like the same voice but you you hit some similar uh notes and tones and stuff like that the tonality okay. of it might be similar yeah, i'm, I'm pulling not... them
1: up right now I'm, I'm gonna judge how mad i'm gonna be about this once i hear this uh out let's listen to this yeah that's so it's like a ska ska rock band right
2: yeah yeah and it's I'll edit the dead air out of this too.
1: <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. I guess I could see that.
2: And um, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, and again, I, I don't think you sound exactly like, but I feel like if they ever, if that guy ever quit the band and you wanted to be in a, one of the most successful ska bands of all time, which super is,
1: don't.
2: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, But uh, I, I was listening to them the other day and I thought of that, uh, but your, your songs are comedy and they're funny and they're well-made and, uh, uh, it's it's in you know you do all the the jeffrey poop parodies how many of those have you written by now
1: uh well how many i've written and how many i've made are different numbers okay okay. i I think i think in total there's got to be at least i think there's probably at least like 300 of them at this point that's Um, so many it's a lot you know like most of them are relatively short you know i try to keep them between like i don't know i'd say the average length of them is like 30 seconds Mm -hmm. um so that makes it more manageable you know what i mean Uh, yeah it's hard hard to be funny in a song for three minutes
2: oh yeah and it's it's hard to want to listen to a funny song for three minutes
1: yeah (laughs) like
2: it's really not necessary like because especially like you know with parody and songs like that it becomes very repetitive so you're like okay we got we got the joke so like to make a funny song that can be three or four minutes long uh that's a whole nother skill set but just like the quick hitters and the parody songs that you do are very funny. But also I, I much prefer your original music to the parodies just because I it's got like a just a silliness and like an aggressiveness to it and it's and and I never know what's coming. You can kinda with a parody song, you can always kind of figure out where the punches are gonna be and kind of what direction, you know, once you hear what the the take is on the parody. But with your stuff, uh it's just wild and silly and and I love it. And then I like that process that you have where you're just like making these like one minute songs and it's you know just kind of uh spur of the moment kind of stuff
1: so yeah so i've been trying to well i watched a um reggie watts did uh did uh a, a improv class for a theater out here in la called dynasty typewriter and uh that's they're sort of like a um I don't know if I feel like a douche saying under or, or uh alternative comedy but I I guess that's kind of what it is like it's that kind of place mm-hmm. uh you know like it's the kind of place where you would expect to see um Paul F Tompkins style stuff maybe like um Sarah Squim if you're familiar with her
2: Yeah it's, um, it's a little more broad or not broad but it's a little more like nuanced and weird and kind of out there and yeah, yeah I get the term like alternative comedy is annoying because it is just comedy it's just not uh, straightforward like, you know, you're, you're, you have to let them be a little bit, I would say more experimental comedy.
1: Yeah, that's, that's a way better word for it. Yeah. Um, but uh, so they did a uh, improv class uh, virtual thing with Reggie Watts. And I watched that and it wasn't so much instructional as it was him just talking about his journey in uh, doing improv and uh, how he's got to where he is now. But the whole thing was really inspiring to me. And that's, so that's when I started, you know, I've, uh, I have this little like Korg chaos pad thing and you're able to loop on it. It's probably one of the worst options that you could probably go for if you wanted to loop something. Cause Alan Cox was asking me like what I use. And I told him that, and I was like, honestly, the thing fucking sucks, (laughs) but you know, it's, it's, yeah, it's usable, but, uh, there, there are many limitations with it, but, uh, that's kind of what inspired me to start doing those and like working on improvising music and just kind of getting out of my own way to let the ideas come out. And so that's a lot of fun to do. Um, but it's a muscle you have to exercise frequently in order to be able to do it reliably. I found, you know, cause I kind of, I uh, have stopped doing it just for a couple of weeks because I had other creative projects that I wanted to work on. And so last Friday I was doing my Twitch stream and I tried improvising some music and I was just hitting walls, man. Uh, Just a bad day for it. So uh, it's like the more you do it, the easier it gets, I guess.
2: Yeah. And that's uh, I mean, that's anything, but especially anything in the creative field where you you do have to work that muscle like doing stand up like I'm doing stand up probably once every two weeks right now. And so when I go up there, especially like this weekend, I was at Hilarities and by like night one, you you're feeling OK. But by like the fourth show on Saturday, I'm like, oh, man, I really got this back. I'm doing good. And then that's the end of the weekend. And now I got to wait another couple of weeks before I'm back at Hilarities again. And it's I really the, annoying the first- to have to like uh, kind of have that ebb and flow. The
1: first time I saw you do stand up was at the first Alan Cox show comedy tour, I think. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I remember like, I thought that you fucking stole the show and I was, I remember being like really impressed at how you on stage, like just commanded the attention of the whole crowd without being, um, like begging for attention. Like you're, you're not, like loud, uh, and obnoxious, but, uh, you know, you just had like that comfort on stage that really commanded attention. And I was really impressed by that.
2: Thanks, man. And that's also something that comes with a lot of time and, and just doing it in all sorts of venues. So I've done enough venues now where, whether it's a big open auditorium or a crappy bar gig or whatever it is, I've done them all. And even like with all these, now I've got all these outdoor shows that I've done this year and the zoom shows. So you just keep,
0: Based on Cox analysis of Ookla speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas. Visit cox.com slash internet for details.
2: Whatever arrows in your quiver and uh, you just, you just work with what you have. And it's such a fun feeling. The one thing that's still intimidating to me is a very large theater. So like I've done the Masonic Temple and some like Playhouse Square ones and doing those just because the call and response is a little bit longer. And the silence is so deafening (laughs) that, uh, you know, it's, it it can be, especially if it's like a real echoey one, like Masonic temple is very echoey in there. So you really have to take your time and go slow and let the audience come with you. And just like, you know, it, it takes a while to figure that out and and learn how to perform. Whereas like in a club where like everything's tight and, and right on top of you, everything's like super fast and you're just banging real quick.
1: So what does that mean? Like you're waiting for like the words that just came out of your mouth to stop resonating throughout the room.
2: Uh, yeah, not even just that, but like you want to hear the, you know, there, there's going to be a little bit of bounce around, but also not going too fast so that your, uh, your words are landing on top of your other words. So if I'm doing like a longer setup, I got to pace it to a point where I'm not going to, uh, Go too fast and, and it's gonna it's gonna kind of get all smushed together and it's not necessarily the sound of it it's more the uh the delivery of it in a big room like that because everybody just experiences the a stage like that in a different way versus a smaller room
1: so what's uh you, you know you, you said you did uh hilarities yesterday, and also my my brother like played a show last night and forgive me for sounding like a california pussy, but Uh, you guys are you have live events like
2: well hilarities has gone above and beyond to make sure you know there there's live events that are happening that are not uh what i would call code like you know protocol friendly but hilarities has everybody like they they're at half less than half capacity so they're doing shows and they're having everybody like spaced out tables Uh, every other row for like the, the seated areas, like the, the, um, and then they have the partitions between them, like the, the glass part, uh, the plexiglass partitions. Uh, you have to wear a mask. You have to, you know, it, they've done a great job and they've been open since July and haven't had a problem. None none of their staff has gotten sick. So like, I think that's that's the biggest testament to that. The fact that they've been doing it right. And I probably said that and now they're going to be like, oh, we got a whole thing, (laughs) but, uh, but they've done a great job with it. And so that's the only place I've been performing because they've done such a good job.
1: That's great to hear. Like it's heartbreaking to see places that, you know, you love to go to and like showcase, you know, like the kind of shit that you're specifically into like going out of Mm -hmm. business because they're not able to do anything, you know?
2: Yeah, it's, it's, it really is heartbreaking. And it also makes you feel so helpless and like, you know, and, hilarity is hanging on by like their teeth like they're not they're not killing it right now they're just barely paying the bills and you know they're gonna accrue quite a bit of debt while they're in this phase but you know it's it's this or die and so they right. just gotta keep you know doing what they can And so there's some been some really good weekends and some tougher weekends but they're they're doing everything they can to, to keep going and like i said they're doing it right as best as i can see where they also have like a a fog like the sanitation process is good uh they have a uh system that they installed for the hvac that they got when it was it was to so people could smoke inside uh, oh. but it actually works really well for keeping the air clean uh especially like a big open room like that for uh you know to to have fresh air circulated and so they also have... and then they have like the the whatever the you know you retrofit it with those lights or whatever that uh zaps the air as it comes through too
1: do they have like the um the dude walking around with the incense ball like at uh eastern orthodox churches oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) filling up the room with that incense uh
2: they have something like that it's like a fogger that looks like uh uh like a nerf gun and they just go and spray it all over the place and it's it's pretty uh it's pretty funny to watch the the cleansing process
1: my my dad's side of my family is eastern orthodox and uh, i remember going to church and they would always do that at the beginning of the service and uh, i i you know like as an adult i've only gone to that church for funerals um but like it when i see that happening i'm like i'm like wondering like is this such an ancient tradition because people used to smell so fucking bad that they needed to just like make the room smell good so that people wouldn't leave oh
2: yeah you know, and like- then you also have a dead body that probably wasn't properly embalmed the way we do it now so yeah. that, would, that was probably another portion of it, but yeah that's a, that's something we probably take for granted is how good people smell these days yeah. versus back in the day,
1: yeah, like back in the day, if uh maybe you know people didn't do oral sex a whole lot because it was just too funky,
2: oh yeah, I couldn't imagine, but maybe they also got used to it enough There, they're like eh, let's let's get done, or it was just like, all right, you were just in the river, we can make this happen today." but it's it's a river day activity
1: sometimes my wife will go down on me and i'm like oh you poor woman like today is a bad day
2: yeah my girlfriend like there's been times where i've stopped her and be like hold on (laughs) we got we this came out of nowhere i was not ready i gotta go scrub up a little bit because it's you know it gets weird it gets funky down there
1: This is a huge advantage of having a jacuzzi. Like uh, this was the selling point of this house for me Uh, when we got the house. And so when we moved in, there was this ancient, like 1980s hot tub with like wood paneling that was all termite destroyed, Mm -hmm. rats living inside of there. But I didn't care. I was like, yo, hot tub. I want to hop in that fucking thing. And so like the the jets weren't working at first. So I had to hire an electrician to come out and he kind of Mickey Mouse it to work And, uh, it, something, it didn't work great. You know, like if if you didn't pay attention to it, it would just keep heating up and keep heating up to the point where you're like a frog in a pot boiling. (laughs) Um, And, you know, there were times where I would stick my foot in there and it's like, Oh my God, that is the jets aren't even on. It's just actually boiling. Uh, so eventually we got that one replaced with a newer one that is not infested with rats. Um, but an advantage of having a hot tub, is if it's time to get frisky and you don't want to be funky, you just hop in there, get a little rinse, and it's you know a sexy little hangout time. So, oh yeah,
2: we have uh we have a pool, and like I live in the condo Lakeview, and we got a pool out front. So in the summertime, uh, a pool and maybe a quick rinse in the shower. But even just you know, there's definitely days where I went straight from the pool to work, and you know, or other things, you know, little sexy time or whatever. <laughs> and you go, eh, hey, it's you know. Chlorinated water, whatever, it's gonna You're kill just whatever. Just reeking
1: like chlorine. Your skin's getting all dry and itchy. Yeah,
2: <laughs> it's you know, it is what it is. You throw a little lotion on it, so it's all gonna <laughs> even itself out. But I like having that. But yeah, that that would. I'm trying to figure out a way to put a hot tub in my condo. I've already made it basically like between my pool table and Papa Shot and all the video games and and you know shoes that i wanted when i was a kid that i'm buying now like it's it is just like a a grown man's childhood fantasy of what an apartment should be and a hot tub would really take it to the next level
1: what if instead of putting a hot tub in your condo because i imagine you know like square footage is an issue you don't want to take up too much space what if instead of that you get one of those stretch hummer limos with the jacuzzi on the back of it that way you've just got like a mobile one and if you want to hop in the hot tub you just go down to the car
2: but i'm gonna Uh, Edgewater and parking over here is a pain in the ass. So I couldn't imagine trying to street park that. And I don't think it would fit in my spot that I have in the garage, but I like the way you're thinking you're being uh, creative about it. And maybe what I could do is I could just make that my second home. Like that's my, that's my, uh, I mean, it's a
1: practical purchase.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm all into practical purchases. It's the best way to go And a, a limo with a hot tub in the back is the most practical, practical purchase I can think of in 2021. It makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, when it comes to, like, doing music and stuff like that, uh, you, you posted something the other day about not overthinking things and not over producing your stuff, and, and kind of when it comes to, like, writing lyrics and stuff like that. Um, can we just talk about that? Because I, I, I'm similar with stand-up.
1: What did I post? I don't remember. It was something on your story, <laughs> and it was... I'll- um, I think that was like uh stuff I screenshotted from a uh reddit thread, so that was yeah. somebody else 's words but um m- m- yeah, so like this is kind of a theme uh that i 've been uh glomming on to. is glomming a word a, fucking, yeah. a thing i 've been doing uh where it 's just like you know there there's a there 's a limited amount of time and energy that you have to put into anything, and I would rather put out something then put out nothing. So, like, I'm gonna do the best that I can with the amount of time and energy that I have available for this certain project. Time, and,
2: energy, resources, all the different factors. It, yeah,
1: yeah. And if it's not like what I initially imagined, but it's good enough, sometimes you just got to get the thing out the fucking door, you know? Like, mm-hmm. uh, so I just re- released a, a new song called "I'm Attracted to Cartoons." Uh, so my, my my goal for this year is to release a new song once a month, and so that gives me. One month to basically write, perform, record, produce, uh, uh, make album art for and then distribute like a song once a month and, you know, any kind of social media promotion I'm going to do for that. And so that right there is a that's a lot of work to be doing. That's hours and hours of work. Um, and but for this particular song I was like man there's a lot of
0: mobile phone companies say they offer home internet but if their internet comes from a cell phone network you should know it's just phone internet not home internet keep your home up to speed with Cox Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet Cox is the real home internet you're looking for Based on Cox analysis of Ookla speed test intelligence data. Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas. Visit cox.com slash internet for details.
1: Leftovers. Or. (laughs) The DMV. Number 97. Or. House cleaning. Or.
0: Chumba Casino always brings the fun. Play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere. You could redeem some serious prizes. Chumba. Chumbacasino.com. Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
1: Possibilities to make like a kick-ass music video for this. And I've also been like trying to learn how to use Adobe After Effects and stuff like that. And I was like, what if I had this video where I, I green screen myself into this like weird futuristic room and there's screens floating around me with all kinds of hot cartoons like flying around me and uh today like the song is finally like showing up on streaming services and stuff and i'm like i, I don't i have too many irons in the fire like I, I can't make that video i don't have the energy or the time for it and right. so it, it's i just, I just got to move on to the next project and so it's not what i initially imagined but i think the song is great like i'm, I'm proud of the song uh, I like the song
2: too. I I I've checked it out and have played it and it's funny. It's, it's, it's you know, what you do, it's funny, but it's like, you could turn that on and somebody wouldn't really know that it was a funny song until <laughs> they started like really listening to the lyrics. Like, I think it's a very, and, and you're, you have the ability to not only create good music, but you're a good lyricist and that's not the easiest thing.
1: Well, the running joke for me and the thing that I don't think, uh, like if if you don't know, me well it probably doesn't print uh but the running joke for me is to come up with the dumbest idea imaginable and then spend way too much time on it that's that's my bit
2: (laughs) i I love things like that and I, i love that creative process too it's like can i make a joke about this and i i do a uh contest with comedians that's more of a writing exercise where we take uh suggestions from the audience it's called stand and deliver and then two comics have to write about those topics in like an hour and nice. so it forces you to get outside of what you would normally write about because all of a sudden you're writing a song uh, a joke about shoelaces you are like, i don't know how to write a joke about sho- shoelaces and then you, you you know you push yourself and you get out of that comfort zone and you find a way to make it funny or you don't
1: yeah i think if you force yourself to uh if you give yourself a time limit then mm-hmm. you realize it, it really makes you prioritize things and it makes you realize that You know, all these things that I think are really super important to make it as polished as possible, not essential into making something a success. You know, you don't need all that shit to make it work. You know, like you can polish it up if you have the time and energy for it. But if not, just get it out the door.
2: Yeah. And just keep feeding the beast, because especially in this day and age where if you just want to create content and and have that uh, ability, you're going to keep getting better at making content. And so that polish will start adding on. Because of the repetitiveness, like, you know, whether it's a podcast, that's what whenever people ask me, like, how do I get into radio? I go, start a podcast. Have you started a podcast yet? And they go, oh, I don't know. I'm like, well, how, like, what do you have to say that's so amazing right now that they're immediately going to put you on air? Nothing. Right. So start a podcast, get used to talking about things, show prepping, treat it like a job. And then if you're good at that and you have the passion to do that, then maybe someday you'll be able to, to, move it into you know a talk radio career or whatever you want but if you're if you're not willing to make that step take that step and just create on your own then why would anybody invest in you to do it for them
1: and as far as like not overthinking things uh i guess to answer the original question um something that occurred to me recently is if you make something if you if you create something and you put it out there and it's a dud you know like it doesn't work It's not funny. It's uh, nobody likes it. You know, whatever. Nobody's going to remember that. Like, unless it's something really offensive that really like really pisses people off somehow, like if it's just regular ass bad, like nobody's going to remember it. It's just, you know, it's not going to make an impact. If you repeatedly do that, people will get annoyed and they'll, you know, stop following what you're doing. But if every once in a while, you throw a dud out there, who cares? Like, nobody's going to remember that.
2: Yeah. That's a, that's a great point. And that's kind of what I've done. Like I've, I've released, more comedy albums in the past three years than like, like just cause I had the recording. I'm like, this is good. I like it. And so I'll put these out, but I, then I also don't make a big deal out of promoting it because the way the algorithms work is not really based on my fan base. It's more just getting it into, you know, the playlists or, you know, the other comedy channels on Pandora, Spotify, or iHeartRadio, And then they pick it up because it, they need th- new content all the time and then it ends up you know making me not a ton of money but uh making more than four dollars streaming I, I, I do a couple hundred bucks every month damn that's great yeah. man yeah so it's, it's and it, again and it's just like I want to have it cataloged I don't want to keep doing those jokes forever and then they're there and then if I also like I can still do them in my act whenever I want because nobody like I don't have a hardcore enough following that Everybody that comes to see me every time I'm out doing stand up has seen everything I've done. They might know a bit or two, but they don't know my entire catalog because it's you know pretty deep at this point.
1: So, uh, I mean, not to harp on this, but a couple hundred bucks a month just from streaming your comedy albums? Yeah, that's so. I think like if you're so not, if, if for somebody,
2: Spotify are where okay. I get the most. Like Pandora, I do about between seventy thousand and a hundred thousand streams a month and then on Spotify I do between like uh it, Spotify's been dropping a little lately um uh, so that's like usually between like i want to say like 2 or 3000 but they pay better than Pandora but I do alright and sometimes like sometimes Spotify will jump and I'll get like 10 or 15000 a month
1: that's amazing like yeah. uh so like for anybody who doesn't have stuff out there on streaming services like uh so for perspective a thousand plays on streaming will get you like three bucks on average. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's really great.
2: Yeah, I'm 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 happy with it. And you know, again, it varies. I'm, the averages are are you know, just about that. Sometimes it's less, sometimes it's more, and it also depends on the time of year. Like everything sucks around this time around Christmas. So like nobody listens to what I was doing. But then January and February. It jumps way back up. So it'll, you know, ebb and flow. Like I said,
1: social media was fucking dead over the holidays. I noticed, like, you know, I was posting stuff because I had time and uh, it was just getting no action. And I was like, man, so many people are going to parties and hanging out with their families mm-hmm. right now. Y'all supposed to be quarantining.
2: <laughs> yeah. And then they're not posting it. And that's why the social media is not getting used. Yeah, exactly, like, exactly. I don't want to get the, uh, you know, people judging me on stuff, but, uh, Yeah, social media is such a weird thing. And like it was, but it was kind of nice that it was dead because, you know, until earlier this week, it was silly. I felt like social media over like Christmas in the first week of uh, the year or first, just that Christmas break, I guess, you just saw a lot more silly stuff. Mm. And then it got back to all the political stuff and all that stuff. And it was nice to see it kind of go back to what it was when twitter started where people were just goofing around making jokes and it wasn't this platform hell world could just yeah try and call people out on bullshit all the time
1: yeah i've been taking it easy on uh like cancel culture i guess you know like that's an annoying thing to say but um you you know like for for a while i was kind of um i feel like i was leaning toward uh the group of people who would uh, say well that celebrity is off limits forever because they said x thing that pissed uh you know y people off and um i was just thinking about this earlier today cuz i was listening to um th- there's a singer named Madison Beer and uh she's got some new music that i think she's got some bangers and uh i was enjoying it and then i was thinking about stuff i saw on reddit where people were talking about you know things she said in interviews that came off the wrong way and uh oh you can't listen to her anymore it's just like fucking annoying you know like this she's a kid you know like let her make yeah. a mistake every once in a while like it's not that big a deal
2: yeah I, and I, and they taken it they they've taken it pretty far where it's like the the one Shane Gillis is a good example of the guy that was just goofing around on a podcast and then got canceled and like yes i heard the podcast and i got it like he was saying offensive things But I've been on a billion podcasts, and if you went through all of them, you could probably find some dumb shit that I've said, even on the Alan Cox show. Like, we're just kind of under the radar, and like, we'll say dumb shit from time to time. And it's, you know, it's not how I feel and believe. And there's, you know, gray areas and things where, yes, there's people that will say dumb shit and they're trying to be funny and then it misses. And there's other people that are really just. Awful people, and I think right. you can see the difference if you take your time and do that, and not just and you're not just looking to always have someone be in your sights. And that's like you know the, there there's like these social justice snipers where they're just looking for people to pick off right. because that's how they make their living.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. I also think it it may be uh, part of like an ecosystem uh, of entertainment where you know now with social media there are so many people putting themselves and their content out into the world that uh maybe there's this like it feels unbalanced and so people are trying to cancel some of these creators as a way to just like hey like it's enough fucking shit for us to consume (laughs) you know
2: (laughs) yeah and and, and with there being that much stuff that's like i said there that's some people's job like that's how they feel creative or that's how they get their content looked at i mean if you look at the youtube world youtube uh, stars beefing with each other is how they've built fan bases right, so like they'll create this scenario whether it's real or not. it doesn't matter because it gets one fan base to go after the other fan base and then they ups their views, and you know it's similar to the rap game in the nineties where they're like beefing with each other, so like that conflict co- creates a buzz and it gets people talking, and then you know there there's the only difference is there's such a, a heavy uh, cat, like not casualty, but like, you know, it takes people out where it's like, oh, we, we got talked about and it got this person completely. It took away their way to make a living. And it's it's uh making it into like this zero sum game. And I don't think it needs to be that way. Are you into um Tim Heidecker? Uh, I know some of his stuff. I'm not like super into his stuff, but I know he's like he's a funny dude. I've been really inspired by him lately. Uh, He's
1: got uh, this TV show. It's been running for like a few years now, maybe like close to 10 years, I guess, but it's called On Cinema at the Cinema. And uh, like the basis of this show is it's him and this guy, Greg Turkington. I don't know if that's his real name or not, Um, but like the whole thing with the show is that the line between reality and what's a bit is so blurry. And uh, they've built this whole like, a fictional universe around uh, basically a really shitty movie review show where uh tim has never seen any movie in his life really he doesn't know shit about movies and greg is like the biggest fucking movie nerd on the planet and so there's that conflict between the two of them but over the years it's just exploded into this whole universe of fake drama where tim heidecker is this monster abusive boss, <laughs> and, <laughs> and and like the fans of the show get into the lore and and like the fake drama that's going on. Like, if you go on the YouTube comments, people are choosing sides between the two of them, and that's like, funny.
2: It's that's really, brilliant,
1: yeah, it's really and that, brilliant. And,
2: and that's really like what people want to do because they want to be engaged. Like, even when you listen to you know, whether it's the Alan Cox show or Rover people pick their character that they relate to and the ones that are enemies and you know the so even though they like everybody they have a you know they have to choose sides and so that's what we'll do from time to time and I like doing it with the dumbest shit like arguing about the dumb like I don't want to argue about the political stuff all the time you know there's 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 sometimes you're gonna bring it up but when we're talking about what candy's better or you know if it's do you race your pee when you flush it stuff like that? Like dumb shit.
1: Do you race your pee?
2: Yeah. Like if you're peeing and do you flush halfway through and then race the race the flush.
1: Oh, so you try to finish peeing before it's done flushing. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Oh stuff man, like that's that. a dangerous game. I know it is. And, uh, you know, bring a woman's point of view in and it like, is a splashback too much for you? Like that's, uh, you know, silly shit like that to argue and like take a hard stance on something that's really unimportant and then figure out why you've taken that hard stance and then just have to kind of come up with reasons. Uh, That, that is my, that's the kind of conflict that I find entertaining versus something that's like way more subjective and nuanced.
1: Yeah. I, I do um, food polls on Twitter where I'm like, pick your favorite thing from this list. And uh, like, legitimately the thing that is my favorite from the list is always dead last. And so I get into arguments with people on Twitter about the, our, like our favorite food things. And so like, it's, it's, it, you know, it's exciting because you're getting to like a legitimate argument with somebody, but it also doesn't matter.
2: Yeah. So, so it's and that's harmless. exactly right. And like, you know, Alan's pretty particular about the foods that he likes and so we'll have those those kind of arguments and like the thing that i got everybody worked up with this week is and i've said this before is that no one drank coffee the first time like black coffee and said it was good like it doesn't taste good like it's it's one of those things where like if you drink like black coffee the first time you drink it it's very bitter well, and it Hang on.
1: Okay, so let's go. Let's think about like the history of coffee, you know, like the coffee that uh, is is uh, mass produced is roasted beyond recognition of what like the first cup of coffee probably tasted like because that was not burnt to a goddamn crisp like they do with, you know, the mass produced kind of mm-hmm. coffee. So like that's why when you go to the store, there's the bag of whole uh, uh, whole bean coffee yeah. that is like $20 for a pound. And it tastes, it, that does not taste like Maxwell House. That's a different experience.
2: It is a different experience, but it is still an acquired taste. And I'm not saying it can't, like, because I drink black coffee and I like good black coffee. Like, I understand that you can have a good, but I'm saying, like, the first taste test of coffee is not like, this is refreshing and sweet and I enjoy it. It is kind of like, ugh. it, it kind of, it's because you don't know what to expect. And I'd say most people and maybe, you know, and again, it's one of those things where it, it doesn't matter because if you drink it or don't, don't drink it, it, it doesn't matter. But I think it's one of those things that it even like the highest quality black coffee, if you give it to a child to taste it, they're going to be like, that's disgusting.
1: Oh, a child. Yeah.
2: Yeah. But, but that's what adult... I'm saying. Like, I think a child's taste buds because our t- taste buds are also worn down to a point where we can enjoy stuff like that more. But like, you know, a child or even like an adult that's never tasted coffee. They're going to drink a cup of coffee that's just black, and they're going to be like, ugh.
1: Um, there's a show, uh, I think it was on Spike TV for a while, voiced by Ron per- Perlman, and it's canceled, but it I don't have cable. I only watch free TV on Pluto now on my Roku, and uh, so they have this show, and it's like, a, it's like a bunch of stupid ways to die, basically. Oh, yeah, so, A Thousand Ways to Die. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, excuse me. I should not be drinking Coke Zero while I'm uh, recording a podcast with you. But um, uh, there was a lady who died because she had a thing where she would eat dirt. And (laughs) uh, she accidentally ate dirt that was fertilized with human turds. And uh, that's what killed her. But like this, this woman was like, you know what? I can go for some dirt right now. I got a
2: hankering for some dirt,
1: (laughs) and like, (laughs) my my wife showed me something on social media, and it was like, if you have a craving for blah, that means you actually need blah. And one of the things on the list was, if you have a craving for dirt, you are deficient in these vitamins. Like, who gets a craving for dirt? Apparently, this is a thing, though.
2: Yeah, and that's like there, and because there's so many more people now, and life expectancy has gone way up. We're going to find out a lot more of this because there's probably a few people back in the day that would have this kind of craving. But now there's so many people, and the survival rate is higher because medicine's better and access to healthcare is better that you're going to be able to eat the dirt and live rather than back when you just eat the dirt and then you get, you know, tuberculosis or smallpox or whatever is going to take you out anyway. So. You weren't gonna pass I don't know. It on. I think
1: maybe people ate dirt a lot more back in the day. Like uh we have organs that are made to filter toxins out of our bodies that those organs are yeah, really but d- but not much compulsively.
2: I wouldn't I would say they wouldn't eat as like if you're compulsively eating dirt, I think uh that's gotta be some like a mental neurosis, probably, right?
1: Well, if okay, so let's say you're a caveman and everything you eat has some dirt. Yeah. Like maybe that's providing some kind of nutrition that if 100% of your food has zero dirt, like you're missing out on something. Uh huh. Like, so you got to space the dirt out.
2: Yeah. Well, yeah. Dirt is something, dirt is a garnish, and that's all. We should start.
1: Well, we have to start supplementing dirt now. Yeah. So, like,
2: just like a sprinkle of dirt. You don't want to go too much with your dirt, but you just want like a dash, uh, like a little pinch, pinch of dirt.
1: Pinch of dirt. Yeah. (laughs)
2: Oh, that's some good dirt over there. You get that nice. That's almost mud. You don't want that. You don't want mud. I want some watery dirt. I want some nice, dry, crunchy dirt.
1: Is this what people. So when people are uh, like tasting things on cooking shows and they say this has an earthy flavor, they're talking about dirt, right?
2: Yeah, I think so. Like this tastes like dirt. This tastes like dirt. This isn't this is actually not good, but I'm just going to say earthy because I'm pretentious. (laughs) Uh all right man well i'm going to let you go i got a football game to take a nap before because uh that's that's how i do uh but i actually want to get this all edited but where can people find you and and how how can they help support your music
1: oh hey uh how about this so i have a podcast called don't get the soup since you're listening to bill's podcast now you're already on a podcast listening spot so uh search for don't get the soup and listen to us and i believe uh bill you'll be joining us next week
2: that's correct. I'll be on next week and uh, I'm excited to do so. And then he's fake real miles across all social media and then search taint mash taint, search taint smasher on all the music apps and check out his music. It's very funny. And then one of his all time great things that he did for the Alan Cox show was Fap God, which is still getting views every single day. Like it's still one of our top viewed video.
1: Uh, that, and that was all your idea. So fucking the, brilliant idea.
2: I said, Hey, could you do, uh, instead of rap God, do Fap God. And then you made an amazing song out of that one idea. And that's something that you give a lot of people credit for. Like Charlie will have a, an idea and be like, Hey, can you do this? And then, you know, you do a great job of taking these ideas that we have and making an actual production. So don't short change yourself on that. Cause well, that was not like it's not like I wrote any lyrics for you at all
1: I wouldn't have done anything if you hadn't said anything
2: right, but that's all i said i i'll I take the credit for giving you the idea, but then that's you took it and ran with it
1: well uh I appreciate that th- uh, I appreciate the collaboration. thanks for having me on man. It's good to see you.
2: Good to see you and uh I'll see you next week on your podcast Sweet peace
1: peace. This is the Bill Squire Show.
0: Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet.